Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Spotlight Series. This is a show where we choose a genre every month and we review some of the best and most iconic movies pertaining to that genre. So we are in a new month and my boy Greg, he has been just tossing out bangers at the bangers for genres. So he went with survival games and that will make a little more sense when we talk about this first movie that I think is the, I don't want to say in a mean way, but it's the cause of a lot of specific games and movies and video games and comic books. This is probably the first of its kind. And I am talking about the 2000. Oh, that sounds so weird to say like that. Yeah. The 2000 Japanese action thriller film Battle Royale. So I know there's a big group of people out there. They're like, oh, shit, that's a good one. Yes. So the reason I said that this movie is so iconic and it just caused a lot of ideas out in the world it's because it's it's the actual example the first of its kind of battle royale so in battle royale games you start out in one section you choose which place you want to be and you are fighting to the death against other people so hey you know how kids love Fortnite? that's a battle royale and it's honestly pretty close to what happens in this book this novel this movie this manga and so there are tons of games and comic books and just straight up books hey you know hunger games i I, i'm not gonna say that she plagiarized this but the author of fault in our stars and other books john green he said that yeah she probably stole this but you know you can't you can't prove if someone takes an idea but better royale came out first and then you know the american a little more romancy version comes out hunger games and you know ah, you, you know what are you gonna do but no this for the uninitiated this is a movie about a class of delinquents and they are put on an island and they are forced to fight each other systematically on this island and parts of the island are shut off and they don't say what happens but it's they say that it's not safe if you're there and probably your head would explode because they all have explosive collars on their necks. And like I said, this movie is wild, graphic, crazy. At this point, uh, there were mangas and stuff that were showing adults getting attacked and fighting for their lives. But the whole having kids do it, uh, that's very rare. At this point of, of the, the juncture, this came out, uh, I want to say 1999, the manga came out or the, actually the novel, technically. And yeah, it was banned from a lot of places. This movie was banned from many countries, and it, they wouldn't even distribute it. Toei Company, the group that was going to do this, the same Toei, I believe, that does the Godzilla movies. But, no, that might be Toho. I'm going to see race that. But that company, they refused to sell this film to any United States distributor for a decade because they didn't want any controversy or lawsuits coming from this movie and in anchor bay entertainment they acquired the film in 2010 for a direct-to-video release so spoilers later on when we talk about the money it's not as much as it should should have popped up honestly quentin tarantino he says this is actually one of his favorite movies of all time and he's actually salty that he didn't come up with the idea first. So we probably could have had a Tarantino version of just 
you know, adults or young adults murdering, murdering each other on an island. And that'd probably be really fucking cool. I appreciate that he has the, has the respect for the film to not do one of his own. Yeah. I mean, he's done things kind of like this, but no, nothing to that scale. And I'm actually confused why he hasn't tried to make his own version, but. Because he probably respects this too much to do it. Yeah. He's, yeah, he'd probably be very mad at himself because he doesn't want to like overstep his boundaries with this one. So, Greg, what did you think about Battle Royale? I first watched this probably at this point more than 10 years ago and instantly loved it. Always have. There was never any warming up to it for me. It was always great for me. For me, it's, I love the fact that it's a game of survival. Yet at the same time, it is tied up in trivial, petty teen drama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the perfect marriage of the two, where, yes, we're fighting for our lives, but we still care about the things that we that you expect young adults to care about. Crushes and love triangles, and, and for some of them, losing their virginity before they die. <laughs> like, their priorities are all types of act, despite the fact that they're facing absolute mortal danger. <laughs> and I just love it. it's it's the it's patient zero of these survival games and these survival films, but it's like the best of its kind, and it's also the one of the best teen dramas at the same time. <laughs> it's funny you bring that up, Greg, because. I- it couldn't have gone any better story-wise. Sure, you could have done this with adults, and we've seen versions of this. Like the most dead, what the the most dangerous game. There's yeah. a guy on the island, and he's hunting people. Honestly, so it's that's one what, against. Is that originally a short story? Yes, it is. And then they made a movie, and then John Claude Van Damme made a version of that called Hard Target. All right. And that's the one, the one he had that sweet ass mullet in Louisiana. <laughs> so I mean, there's different versions of this, but. I think the fact that why it stuck with me is what you said is because it's young adults and kids at that age, middle school, high school, everything is so do or die and so important to them. And love is so strong because, I mean, your brain is just still forming. And so, you know, what would happen if you put just a group of children with weapons and told them only one of you is making it out of this? have fun you have three days sure some people are gonna fight against it some people are just gonna break down and just kill themselves and they're gonna have the weird ones that are like shit i ain't dying today and then they start going for it it just i don't know it's something about kids doing it it just makes it stick in my head and honestly it's probably the reason why hunger games is still to this day around and making more books and movies coming out it's a really cool idea Force kids to fight to the death. There's something about it that just seems to work within our society. <laughs> I've never seen Hunger Games, but to me, I always tell myself, if I ever wanted to watch Hunger Games, I could just re-watch Battle Royale. <laughs> Absolutely. I will say the build-up to the battle in the first one is actually pretty cool. And in the movie, it's pretty fun to see because it's like two every we'll say city every city has two people that they put in and then they fight against all the other cities to see who's the best it's a pretty cool idea but i i like this one a little bit more 
the fact that weapons are random, just like in the video games, and I can walk out with a shoe or an Uzi, you know? (laughs) Or a pot lid. Yeah, it's just about luck, and that's very scary to me, you know? And like I said, I play Battle Royale games where I land, I'm looking around, I find a pistol, sweet, and then I go up against somebody that has a shotgun. I'm like, oh, that's not fair. (laughs) And then I die. So before we get into the story, Greg, I'm curious if you remember any of these faces from future movies or TV shows. Dude, I recognized Shigusa, I think the first time I watched this, I recognized her (laughs) immediately as Gogo. Like, immediately. I don't, I've, it's been so long since I've seen it the first time, but I'm fairly certain either the first time or the earliest times, I, I, that face, I knew immediately. Oh, yeah. I, I freaked out when I saw her. I was like, holy shit, it's Gogo Yubari. You know, one of the best fighters in the first Kill Bill movie. She actually gave the bride a fucking run for her money until she got yeah, hit in the back of the head and fell on that table. <laughs> nearly, nearly strangled her. Nearly strangled her to death. Yep. <laughs> so, I don't know if you realize, but the teacher, his name is Katano. His name is Takashi Katano. I um, I think this is the first time I ever watched him in something, but I have since watched him in other things. I've, I actually went to an Angelica to watch a re-airing, of, re-airing, um, re-screening of Violent Cop, I want to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I'm not sure what else of his I have consumed but definitely that so he was one of the hosts of the japanese you could say survival game where it's people just trying not trying to survive against falling into cold water he was one of the hosts of takashi's castle or most extreme elimination challenge shut up was that him he's the straight laced one not the silly one uh but he's the one that always hit the other guy in the head with a piece of paper Oh my goodness. Hold yes. on. I gotta I gotta look at a picture. Yeah, he is. I saw his face and I was like, why do you look so familiar to me? But yes, he was in most extreme elimination challenge. And I was like, it makes so much sense because he's so straight laced in that, and he's straight laced in this. He just likes killing. <laughs> uh, looking all thin and smooth in the face. Oh my Great. goodness. <laughs> and also, he has played a version of one of my favorite. I don't know, characters of just all times. Zadoichi, the blind swordsman. He did the most recent-ish movie. It was all right. He wasn't the original guy, so I was salty. I should give it another watch, but yeah. <laughs> I was I was a little salty that movie came out. <laughs> but no, um, they said just about everybody in this cast have gone off to do bigger and better things. So this movie was just absolutely just i don't know instrumental to a lot of these kids being awesome actors and actresses in the future so like i said it's fucking cool so i will say fun fact casting six thousand actors auditioned for this film and the fact that it's a class so there's what 25 24 kids no 30 i think well it was over four no it's 40 something i believe yeah so there's at least 40 people on screen. Sure, some people aren't going to be on screen that long, <laughs> but you have to audition for a ton of people. And they narrowed it down to 800 potential cast members. And then those finalists were subjected to six months of physical fitness training to weed out the, the ones that like, well, I can't run a 
run a fucking mile, so I'm out. <laughs> and they shaved it down to 42 out of the 800. So it's yeah, it's really cool, man. I really absolutely enjoy this. So it um it amazes me how quick the turnaround was between from novel release to film release. Yes. Uh, and I just think because of that year when the novel came out, everyone was freaking out that someone was like, we need to jump on this. And it makes sense why it probably it's so cult following statusy because they they struck when the iron was hot. Yeah, honestly. And it's a good read. Um, you get a chance to obviously in the film, they do this to the best of their ability, but you don't really have a lot of time to. The novel gives you an opportunity to really delve deeper into the background of the characters, which they do get to touch on somewhat for some of them. And then, you know, with quick scenes here and there as flashbacks before they, you know, focus on their present and their impending doom. So you really get to delve deep into those characters, but also a couple of other characters that you don't even get to introduce, get introduced to in the film, including one... God, I don't want to be wrong on this, but it's been a while, but I feel like there was one male character who had a crush on one of the the transfers and oh, really and was kind of watching slash stalking following him and did not realize he was also being watched by him and was taken out by him. I feel like I did not make that up. I don't think I pulled that out of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a pretty cool, like, sub arc <laughs> in a chapter, honestly. Yeah. So there is a manga version of this. Like I said, it is five 600 page novels because the manga ran for, I want to say, six years in a uh, mangaka. And it's like a Shohin Jump, how like every what every month or week i think or bi-weekly you get like two chapters of a manga it's like okay cool we'll get two more chapters of uh you know frieza against goku hopefully he can win and then two weeks go by and you get more so it this took years for the story to come out now there is also a manga that they released that is specifically focused on the girls of the lighthouse Oh, that's so fucking cool. I have uh, owned it forever now, and I still have not read it, but it is on a bookshelf, and I need to get to it at some point. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll say spoilers. Yeah, that, that scene's going to be brought back up. Just We'll talk about that later. I think that's that's the iconic scene that, that after you've watched that scene and watching that film, that's in the way it all comes to a tragic conclusion is what brings you back to that film the way they they orchestrated that and choreographed that i think that one right there is probably what stood stands out to you after the first watch you're like okay i'm coming back to this yeah it's fucking solid okay so we'll get through this story and we'll talk about fair and least favorite characters so our movie starts with a little bit of i guess exposition or just an explanation of where we are and why the world is the way it is. So it's in the near future, they say, and Japan has been going through it. So there's been a big recession and a high unemployment rate. And so the Japanese government has passed the BR Act. And that's supposed to help with, I honestly think it's supposed to be a population situation. But they're not taking out a ton of kids at once. They seem to just pick one class every 
year, I suppose? And those kids get sent to the Battle Royale games, where only one survivor gets to make it out alive. So I guess that's to help curb the delinquents, the bad kids in society, and hopefully show them that, hey, if you act like an asshole, then we'll send you to that, to that island. So I guess just another way to get kids to be terrified. So, as I explain this movie, I am going to... I'm trying to figure out how, to, how I want to do this. A couple of the characters, they have names, but there are a lot of kids where they don't really get that much explanation name-wise. When they get murdered, you see their names. But before that, you know, you'll see, like, Bob. Bob Jones, you know, died. I'm like, oh, sorry, Bob. <laughs> but there are, I'd say, three people that are pretty integral to the story. So, our main character is Shuya. And so, he is trying to cope with life after witnessing his father commit suicide. And there are a couple of flashbacks that happen in the movie, and we see that his father wasn't the best of people. And he cheered on Shuya in his next school year, but he didn't think he had enough to help him out. He's like, you, you'll do better because I'm gone. And it's pretty shitty. It's, it's a pretty terrible, terrible scene, honestly. So, one day, in the middle of the school year, just a normal day, their teacher, Katano, so, our boy, he resigns after getting stabbed with a knife by a very shitty kid, Yoshitoki. So, that's Shuya's best friend, and... They don't explain why. I I suppose that Katano is like a good teacher and he doesn't put up with shit. And so the kids are like, I'm going to shank him. Yeah, I'm going to shank him when he come over here. And he gets stabbed. So Shuya's classmate, Noriko, she picks up the knife and she keeps it with her. Once again, there are a couple of flashbacks with Noriko just hanging out with Katano, like the teacher. And they don't really explain... They kind of go over what that is. It's not like a, I really love you. Katano says he does love Noriko, the student. But I think it's more like a love situation. Like, you're a good kid. I love that you are good. Not, I love you. I want to marry you kind of thing. So. so now the stage is set. And I don't know how you apply for this. I suppose Katano's like, Hey, I got some kids that are absolute shitheads. Unfortunately, there's one girl there. Hopefully, she makes it through. But I got a good group of shitty kids that you guys can kill for me. So, a little bit of time passes by. And Shuya's class, they really think they're going on a field trip. I understand really bad kids are like, Fuck yeah, we're going to the aerospace you know, museum. Fuck yeah. And, like, that's weird. But, you know, I guess they don't have doubts about it. But unfortunately, they are gassed on the bus and taken to the Battle Royale Island. So, Katano, he pops back up and he's surrounded by these soldiers. And I suppose for the Japanese, just the military, it's soldiers they bring with them. Because, sure, they're just kids, but they're about to force those kids to be, honestly, feral and fight each other to the death. So, it's probably for the best that we have some people here with guns and that are adults, just to curb these children from wanting to go wild on everybody so katano tells the class 
that they were chosen to participate in an annual battle royale, you know, because of the rules that Japan popped up. And they will have three days to kill each other until one person is left. And there are explosive collars on each student. And so if they don't want to fight or honestly, you can hide, but at some point you'll have to fight. But if you want to try to run off or escape or do anything a little too wild, they'll just blow your head off. And that's that, that's it. They're not really worried. And there are designated danger zones. So just like if you play Fortnite or any Battle Royale game, the best way to get people to fight is to shrink the area little by little. And it just instantly forces you to fight. And so they even think this up in this. So I love, like I said, Battle Royale is such a special movie because so many games, movies, anime, so many things in our world take from this. And it's really awesome to see. So, and Katano's not really explaining this. He explains some of it, but he has a TV rolled in with a very cool, just a lady on the screen. And she's Telling these kids that if they do bad things, they'll die and the collars will explode. Boop. It's a really funny way to explain terrible things if you try to lighten the mood. It's a really funny way to do it. And so I, I love when that happens. So each student is provided rations, a map, supplies, and a random weapon or item. Just, you know, just to keep it fair, just like in Battle Royale games. You can land somewhere and like, cool, I got a shotgun and then someone's like, you know, 50 yards away. I had a sniper rifle. Cool. And that's just the name of the game, unfortunately. Now, while they're in the starting area, there are two students there that aren't part of the class and they look older. And we find out a little bit later that those two have been brought back into the game so they have chosen or they kind of got pulled back in to fight again and so just to spice it up because if you just have a room of kids that it's their first time killing people or they're just a little nervous they might not start the killing that fast but if you have joe asshole in the back that's like man i killed like 20 kids last time when i was in this fuck yeah let me have a knife now nah, you really gotta fight so while they're Watching the video, Katano, he actually kills two kids because they've been talking. One of the girls, she's just like whispering to her friend and she gets a knife in her head. Stick around. Shit. And then the shitty little kid, Yoshitoki, Shuya's friend, is like, this isn't real. I can't believe I'm here. And then he gets his collar exploded. So now Shuya, he does the, like, looks at the bad guys. Like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. <laughs> So, as it starts, the kids are called one by one, and they're given a bag, and they say, you should probably get the fuck out of here, because the game has started. And they're like, oh. Now, I don't understand, because Shuya, he leaves this safe zone, and instantly gets attacked by a kid that's not really about that life. That would suck. If you opened up your bag and you had a gun, you should just stay by the entrance and be like, cool, I'm going to shoot every kid when they come out. But there's probably some grace period. You can't fight within like, I don't know, two, three minutes just to scuttle. But you would think there'd be so many fucking fights at the beginning, but I don't know. So 
as the hours go on, some of the students, they they instantly figure out that they want to fight. Some kids want to prof- confess their feelings for each other and like, we should do it. And some kids are like, no, we need to work together to get out of this. And some kids, like the girls in the lighthouse, they have chosen to ignore, forget about the problem and just hope that something saves them. And so they're like, hey, we're all peaceful here. We're just going to be cool. So, and that's what happens. So, the first six hours, there are 12 deaths. Four by suicide, and eight people get murdered. Now, we see a female classmate, and we get some flashbacks. So, all the important people get flashbacks, and then the people that just mean nothing, they just die. So, Mitsuko Soma. She is... She's she's psych, psych psychotic, honestly, and mysterious, and so she's out in the streets just killing people. And then Kiriyama, he is the high school student that pops up in this game, and he is absolutely he wants to kill. <laughs> and so we get transfer student Kawada, and that's our boy with the bandana on his head. In every anime, there's always a character like this, and he's really good. So. Shuya accidentally kills another student, and then Kawada lets him go because he realizes that Shuya's not in any position to fight, and it'd be a waste of bullets right now to do it, because maybe one day Shuya might save him or do something. So I I get it. It's like, I only have five rounds in a shotgun. I should save them for the really bad people. So Shinji Mimura... He's a basketball player. He is hacking into the system. He's in the mainframe, guys. And he is going to try to fuck up the system. Because it's all technology. And I assume this is like the 2000s? Early 2000s? In the movie. Because, yeah, it's got to be the 2000s. And he recruits some of his classmates to help him shut this shit down. So, like I said. Shuya promises Noriko that... He's going to keep her safe. Hooray. And <laughs> his shitty best friend actually was in love with Noriko. But I guess he feels he has a protector because his friend was in love with her. Hell, I don't know. So Soma, the, the evil girl, she is, I guess, chased away by Kawada. He has a shotgun. And so he leads them to a safe location because, like I said, they're not any type of a threat. Shuya, his random item was a pot lid. And boy howdy, you can't really do much with a pot lid. Though he does take a couple of stabs from an axe with it. So I guess it was pretty good. And it's funny, he sees a couple of different groups die because they're a little too loud. And Kawada tells the, the, the two that they need to be quiet because there are really bad people in this fight. Case in point, we see, I want to say it was two or three girls and some guys. And one of the kids has a loudspeaker and is like, hey guys, we're not trying to fight. We're over here on this island over here. Just come over and then we can find a way out of this. We can do it together, guys. And then you hear gunshots and then they're dead. So uh, it, it does not pay to Move loud, talk loud, or anything. It's a very scary 
place. So, Kiriyama, there's a little bit of a flashback with him. Kiriyama, his random item was a fan. A fan, I think it said good luck on it. And he is grabbed by, I guess, the bullies of the class. And they were lucky and got all the guns. And, I think, nunchucks and a samurai sword. And so they are straight bullying people. I assume that they really weren't about that life of killing. But they were like, yeah, yeah, new kid. We're going to fuck you up. They should have fucked him up a little bit faster. Because Kiriyama grabs the Uzi, sprays down like five or six of the kids. And then murders the rest of them. And then packs up all their items and gets out of there. And I was like, oh my god, you gave him a gun. Multiple guns. I was like, oh, you guys suck ass. <laughs> so we find out that Kawada... He won a previous battle royale. He had to kill his girlfriend to do it. And she, well, she kind of sacrificed herself at the end of the battle royale because they were the sole survivors. And so he decided to volunteer for this battle royale to avenge her death by winning the game and then killing whoever's in charge of it at the end. So he's playing the, hopefully, when I win this, I can meet the people that are in charge and I won't be so torn up like last time, and I can kill him. <laughs> so, at this point, we have Kiriyama attack the group because they were a little too loud, and they're saved, and they run away, and unfortunately, a female classmate sees Shuya kill, quotation mark, kill another student. So, Shuya, there's an explosion, and, like, Shuya falls, he falls off, there wasn't an explosion, later on there's explosions, Shuya falls off, like, a cliff into the water, and Kiriyama, like, sprays the water, so, Shuya wakes up in the morning, and he is at the island's lighthouse, and there are, like, five, six, actually, there are six girls hiding in the lighthouse, and they made a pact to not fight or kill each other, that's really cool. Unfortunately, one of the girls saw Shuya, quotation mark, kill one of the students. So she's like, that dude's a murderer and killed, like, this guy I had a crush on. I'm gonna get him. So, Yuko is her name. Yuko, her random item was poison. And so she puts poison into Shuya's food. So they they had him separate because he's healing. And they're like, just for our safety, we're gonna keep you in this room. He's like, that's fine. Yuko puts the poison in the food, and it's like, hell yeah. Unfortunately, one of the girls accidentally eats the food. She's like, oh, sweet, I love this. And she's like, she's such a quiet girl that she isn't strong enough to be like, don't eat that. And so, the girl dies in front of them, and then the girls instantly snap from, we are friends, we will not fight, we will not kill for any reason, to... One of y'all's a murderer, and I will kill everybody to find out who it is. <laughs> it is absolutely awesome. Uh, it's one. It's my favorite scene. Spoilers. It's my favorite scene in this movie. At the end of the shootout, Yuko, the girl that started the whole situation by trying to poison Shuya, she survived, and she commits suicide by jumping off the side of the lighthouse. And so now... Shuya is like, what the fuck just happened? He comes out of the room like, why is it so quiet? <laughs> so Shuya finds Noriko and Kabata, and they set out to win, 
fight off the bad guys. <laughs> so, Kiriyama actually meets Mitsuko. So, the two crazy people meet. And they have a sweet-ass fight. Unfortunately, Kiriyama has a bulletproof vest. So, one of the kids gets shot by Kiriyama. And the kid just plays dead. Very smart kid. But I had to lay down a little bit longer. So, he gets shot and he's like, fuck yeah. I'm gonna make it. And Kiriyama's like, hi. And kills him with a samurai sword. So, Kiriyama had a bulletproof vest on him. And takes a couple of bullets from the girl. But then he doesn't die. And she... She gets murdered, unfortunately. So Noriko is the last surviving girl. So Mimura, with his two buddies, they actually hack into the Japanese computer system and they glitch out the entire system while the soldiers are freaking out. And Katano, the voice of reason in this whole situation, he just resets the whole system. He turns it off and turns it back on. Everybody's like, what do we do? They're hacking us. Just turns it off and turns it back on. Some real IT shit. So, Kiriyama, because they were making too too much noise, Kiriyama pops up and just murders them. So sad. So sad. Uh, Mimura, he he uses a homemade bomb and blows up the base and hides all evidence and tries to kill Kiriyama. Unfortunately, it does not kill him. Our heroes arrive at the base as it's on fire, and Kawada fights Kiriyama. So they have an Uzi slash shotgun fight, and it's a pretty cool fight fight fortunately for Kawada, kiriyama he survived the explosion but both his eyes are burnt out so he's like blind but he's pulling like a daredevil and it's like i can hear you Kawada gets shot by kiriyama's uzi but that's fine kiriyama shoots the explosive collar on his neck and his whole head explodes that was a sweet ass shot hooray (laughs) so the final day happens and the trio, they are on the shore of the island. And Kawada, he he knows that the collars have microphones. And so this was like a running idea the whole movie. And he tells Shuya and Noriko that only one survivor can make it. That's how it works. And he makes it sound like he kills both of them. And Katano, without really checking, ends the game. And he shuts off the entire system after hearing that they're deafs through the speaker. And he tells the soldiers to end it and head home. And Katano waits for the winner. And Kawada pops up. And he declares him the victor. But then he realizes that Kawada, he hacked to the system months before. So Mimura, they did hack it. But Kawada actually hacked it before. And he disabled Shuya and Noriko's tracking devices. <laughs> so, Katana was tricked at, to make them think that they were dead. And Shuya and Noriko, they arrive. And they actually talk to Katano. I'm like, why, bud? And Katano unveils a homemade painting that he made uh, with the class. And it he wasn't looking into the future. There are some deaths on this gigantic painting that were right. But it's just everybody dead. And Noriko was a sole survivor. And so he tells the three that he is that she is one of the few students that like treated him like an actual person and a teacher. And he really wants her to survive. And he's really nice. He talks about like his own family hates him. 
And he actually thought of Noriko as his daughter. And he tells Noriko to kill him. But then Shuya shoots him after Katano pulls out a gun and threatens them. So I've seen it in so many movies. He's like, hey, shoot me or I'll shoot you. And it's like, oh, shit. And then they get killed. And then we find out Katano's gun was just a water gun. <laughs> and so he dies for a couple of seconds and then wakes up, answers his phone and talks to his daughter. And Katano finally tells his daughter how he really feels about her. And then he finally dies. Hooray. So our heroes, they hop on a boat and they sail off to get back to the mainland. Unfortunately, Kawada, he took a little too many bullets and there was no one to help heal him. <laughs> so he dies from his injuries. He is happy that he has found friends and I suppose he did kill the person that was in charge or help. But the bad guys that really started it are still out there. So Noriko and Shuya, they are sneaking around because they're fugitives by the Japanese government. And they are on the run. And so, the movie should end right now, but we get a little bit of a an epilogue, and it explains some things about some of the characters. So, we see Mitsuko. She had a really bad life. And she is getting sexually assaulted by men because her mom needs the money. And so, the guy's like, hey, I'll pay you money for rent. I just want to hang out with your little daughter for a little bit. But Mitsuko gets revenge on a guy, pushes his ass down some stairs. So at that point, she's like, dang, I can just take care of problems myself. I like that. So in high school, she is very alone and reclusive. And there's a scene that shows all the students in the class and they're at a basketball game. And... I don't know if this is like in the past or just kind of like lost. They're all dead and they're all just hanging out in one area together. But Shuya and his buddies, they win the game and they're cheering and they're like hugging and screaming and stuff. And I, that, that's it. <laughs> we see we see another epilogue in Shuya he dreams about his dead friend and tells him to like move on with his life and everything will be fine. And Noriko thinks about back to the time where her and Katano were eating ice cream. And I think it was after he got stabbed at some point. It's really weird. It's a very deep movie. The epilogue is like a good 20 minutes of the movie and it shows these kids just dealing with things. And that is the story of Battle Royale. Okay, so Katie, who is your favorite character in Battle Royale? I don't know his name because they didn't ever say it. Uh, we'll just explain what they did and we can probably help uh, you. So my favorite character is the guy who was had been part of this experiment before. Kawada. Uh, Kawada. He was my favorite for sure. Um, and him helping the, I guess, couple like figure it out. <laughs> And just helping them murder everybody so that they weren't getting their own hands dirty. And he was, like, taking care of them. And I really, really liked him. He was fantastic. Yeah. He is, like, a typical 
character in a manga, it's always the older brother feel. And they always have like a bandana over their head and they're just ready to fight. I've seen this character in so many other mangas and I love that character. So yeah, I knew one of us was going to say Kawada. So that's why I picked something else. Like, cause he's, he's great. He was the one, like you said, got his hands dirty because the other ones, they were a little too pure for this world. Greg. Okay. Well, it's tough. <laughs> it's really tough. Um, so I'm just going to go with two. One can be model mentioned. It can be an A and B, whatever, ha- whatever have you. First of all, I'm going to go with Pegusa, played by Shiaki Kuriyama, yeah. who played Gogo on Kill Bill. <laughs> <clears throat> um, loved Gogo, so I was already rooting for this character the moment I was watching this film. And I just remembered staring at her, freaking out, thinking, I know this person. Where do I know this face from? Um, but it's on the, on this most recent rewatch a few days ago. I think what I really like about this character is that she is still driven as far as there is something that I'm working toward. There was something that I was working toward in my reality, in my real life before this. And I'm going to work, keep working at it as if I still have the opportunity to, you know, you know, continue that, and I'm going to, you know, get past this. I guess we don't, you, she's a runner, and we don't necessarily, there's not necessarily any mention of her running for a particular, like, race or competition or anything like that, but she trains, she trained in running prior to this. She trains in running even in, on the island, even though she's, you know, on a daily basis in a game of survival. And I like that while she is still living, she still has purpose that she's working towards no matter what the circumstances might be. Yeah. And I, one of the scenes that I especially love is it starts with a flashback of her running with her friend on the bike following her. And then it transitions to her in the same whole yellow outfit, which I'm going to touch on just a sec, whole yellow outfit that she <laughs> wasn't the flashback. But now we see her in the neck collar and she does she has this perfect facial expression of realizing, oh, I'm, this is my reality. I have this neck collar on. This is not the flashback that I was having. And I'm actually here on this island alone and I'm in this game of Battle Royale. Um, just the transition that they made from flashback to reality was just so smooth. And I loved her reaction in that moment. And I think she, just in general, she has she acts with her face very, very well. Yes, it makes a lot of facial expressions and <laughs> like you know, you know very much the emotion she's supposed to be having based on her face, and she does, just does it so much very well, rolling her eyes and mean mugging the boy who, who the slime ball who approaches her, and just every single emotion she shows so very well on her face. So that's one of my favorite characters. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say this one, even though I'm pretty sure this is going to be your favorite as well. It is definitely also Katano. This is just his brand of evil and his brand of being a villain is so very entertaining and so very funny <laughs> to where, like you mentioned, he's it's it's straight laced. It's almost nonchalant. And to an extent, it's almost kind of polite. In yeah. his delivery of being evil, save for the couple of outbursts, it kind of reminds me of me when I'm around young adults or kids <laughs> where it's like, I'm 
pretty relaxed and chill and, and polite until I've just had too much. And when he has too much, he's no, he's throwing a knife across the room to your forehead. And then he's, then he's all good after that. And, you know, or he's had enough of you. He's just going to, you know, use his remote and just point it at your collar and explode your head. But we're just going to move on with our day. And it's just, <laughs> it's just such, such a quirky evil about him that I just absolutely love. And it's, it's funny. Like, you don't hate him. You laugh at him. Yeah, you you beat me to it, man. Uh, but I will say there is another person, and I'm actually surprised you didn't bring this this uh, young lady up, but the training video girl. Oh, my goodness. I thought about it. I absolutely did. I promise you I did, man. Uh, just, hey, welcome to your death game. It's so <laughs> now, be careful, because if you're not, you need to try to screw around, then your bomb's going to explode. It's Love something it. about people just making something so not dangerous with how they talk. It is one of the best things in the world. And she is so happy. And the kids are like, what, the, what is happening? <laughs> and just going through it. But I'm going to be a little weird with this one and actually say my favorite character is not an actual character. It's a scene in the movie. And so it is a scene with the young ladies in the lighthouse the first time i watched it i like hand to my mouth and i was like oh my god this is just oh shit it's the gradual build of tension you see the one girl sees shuya and she's like shuya killed somebody and i know he's here to kill us i'm gonna poison the shit out of him and then that poison gets grabbed by another girl and she eats it and then it just Everyone just doesn't trust anybody. And then it's just bullets and just death. It's one of the best scenes in this movie. It always makes me smile because I'm like, fuck, man. It's, it, it just reminds you, they can nice it up as much as they want, but everybody is just inches away from dying. And these girls were trying their best to make the world just a better place. But then all it took was, unfortunately, one of them just dying randomly. And everyone has a gun and a knife in their hand. They're like, you did it. I know you killed them. And then they all just murder each other. It is one of the best, best scenes in this movie. I, I love it. But yeah, you know, like Katano, fucking great, man. Like I said, you know, he's like, hey, watch the video. And then some girls whispering in the back. I told you to shop and chunks a knife and just, you know, <laughs> it's, it's something ridiculous about that. And he's like, I told y'all to be quiet be shut up or i'll kill someone else i do not care so i yeah but no that that lighthouse scene is one of the best scenes in the movie so katie who is your least favorite character in battle royale oh that's an easy one that would be boy number 16 nita he was the rapey boy (laughs) who was like he helped the girl runner like train every day in normal life and then they got to the battle royale and he found her training and was like why the fuck are you training uh don't you want to not be a virgin i don't want to die a virgin let's not die virgins together oh wait doesn't matter if you say no i'm just gonna take it from you because i don't want to die a virgin and she fucking murders him so like fuck that guy but his murder was my favorite thing that happened in the whole movie and he was my least favorite character because of just the cringe and the rapiness gross 
Greg. Yeah, that's exactly it right there. <laughs> <laughs> I have literally nothing to add. Pretty much every other, every other character, like obviously everyone's killing each other, but every other character had something either that you, even if you didn't necessarily like them, that you at least sympathized with or you sympathize with them or they're at least cool but yeah rapey no 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 and it just the the sleaziness on his face just in general even if he didn't go to that point just oh yeah oh you you, you could read it all over his face you just tell he was just complete sleaze. oh great acting job though because he just oh <laughs> yeah yeah can't see that character so I knew one of you would say that kid. So I was like, I'm, we're covered on that. So in manga, it's stories, video games. There's always multiple villains. So you have the low level villain that you have to deal with the muscle, honestly, and then the higher villain. And honestly, that villain probably isn't that good of a fighter. And it's more of a intellectual fight when you get to that point. And this story, the teacher absolutely has it. The teacher is the intellectual fight at the end, but the muscle fight. That bleach looking motherfucker. Yeah. (laughs) And it's funny. You would think I would love a character that barely talked and walked around like he was Jason or Michael Myers and just shit on these kids because that's what he was. He got, he didn't even get an Uzi up front. I don't even know what his weapon was up front. But he just got this Uzi that had unlimited bullets and just proceeds to just pop up. If you're too loud, here comes Kiriyama. <laughs> well, it's weird because you like you sympathize with that type of character in like anime, like for sure. Like uh, what is his name? Wolfwood in Trigun. Yeah. Like, he's silent. He rolls up. He's got a big ass gun. He mercs everybody done. And then he walks away again. And you don't ever see him again. You sympathize with that character because he's also fighting on like the good side most of the time those characters are like kind of fighting on the good side let's ignore the fact that otis mentioned you know mike myers and all that those are just bad people (laughs) but (laughs) in that regard like you definitely want to side with that person because they're helping with good this kid did not give a fuck either way he was like oh you're still alive now you're not killing everybody regardless of the fact that those fucking computer kids had figured out a way to just get off the island and save everybody. Yeah. He was like, I don't give a fuck. Dead. Yeah, he, he just wants to kill. He was and, also a terrible shot. Yeah. Another reason I don't like him is because he took out the female villain of the story, and she was just uh, what's the word? Seducing all the boys and then just slicing them up. And then she got a stun gun, and she was giving people them watts. And then she got a tracker. And she was just carving her way through the group i wanted more of her but then uzi boy pops out as she's fighting somebody i'm like man you know like i said yeah her story should have been like really the final story and that's what i'm saying you get a a whole lot more of her in the novel yeah that makes sense yeah it just it makes me sad because like i said he just pops up if you make too much noise he is behind you ready to kill you and i was like god damn it you know there were people i was rooting for even though they were terrible people but I was like, I hope you make it to the end and then die from the good people. Oh, shit. The other super bad guy got you. That sucks. <laughs> you know, only, only people that I find just as dislike, dislikable as Rapey and him are the original crew of five people that rolled up on 
Kiriyama, is his name Kiriyama? Yes. That rolled up on him. That's where he got the gun originally. They rolled up on him because all he had was a fan. He had a fan. Yes. That's what he had. had Multiple guns. They had a grenade. And they're surrounding him. And y'all managed to all get killed by him. Like, uh, I can't root for you if you're that incompetent. They they thought they were good. We got the guns. We'll just, you know, we ain't going to fight. I'm like, well, I want to fight. So have fun. (laughs) Okay. So. Let's do seven word synopsis. Katie? So I only had one because I was too distracted by watching this movie. It's too damn good. Um, disrespected teacher makes kids murder each other. Revenge? <laughs> Greg? Uh, come back to me. Uh, I only had one because, like I said, every time I watch this, I just get just pulled in sucked in yeah exactly but like i said my favorite character was the scene from the lighthouse so i said lighthouse tension is some real good tension like i said when everybody's like we're friends we're not gonna fight i made soup and it's my like blah, 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 and dies You're like the soup is poison which one of you motherfuckers did it and everybody stops being friends and i was like oh shit it's so good uh, like like i said People get desperate because they don't want to die and they're trying their best to mask what they're in because at some point they are going to have to kill each other. But they're trying to forget that and just live. And like I said, that scene is... That was that girl's fault. Oh, yeah. The girl who put the poison in fucked up by not saying, don't eat that. There's poison in it. I'm killing him. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, she was... Save your friends. But instead, you just like let her take the bowl and start eating immediately, and like, bitch, no, don't eat that. You yeah. didn't even put up. You didn't put up enough of a fight. Yeah. So and then her character is like mousy and quiet. But then the first time she gets that fuck it in her system, she puts the poison in the soup. But then goes back to being quiet and mousy. Like, no, girl, no, you you passed that point. You're loud now. <laughs> you gotta get yeah. loud. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's crazy. Uh, Greg, you got one. Uh. It feels more like tagline than synopsis, but I just That's jotted fine. down teams armed with weapons, armed with angst. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's a really good synopsis for it. <laughs> Man, my luck, I would have the pot lid and I'd be like, God damn it. <laughs> but I'd be out there scrapping. Just gotta hide until you roll up on a body that got destroyed by something mm-hmm. way worse. Or pull a Fortnite or a, I don't know, Call of Duty Battle Royale. And just wait in the bushes and wait till someone finishes a fight when they're tired, reloading, jump them. <laughs> That's yep. why when you, you beat people, grab their guns and just keep running. You can't stop and like, oh, let me look at the gun. No, no, someone's in the bushes. There's always somebody in the bushes waiting. <laughs> and then you see bullets hitting you. And you're like, oh. So this film came out technically in Japan and other company uh, countries. December 16th, 2000. It got to us like a decade later but you know what i mean so what do you two think the budget was for battle royale i said six million dollars greg oh boy so they're on an island they had a school and they had that clinic (laughs) six million and one penny (laughs) (laughs) one extra penny came in it's it's funny Uh, both of you went over the budget was 4.5 million 
which like it's yeah. weird but you gotta remember this is from 2000 so i guess it's not as expensive no it wouldn't have been as expensive or with and inflation i guess they're all children or young actors at the time and it's also in japan so yeah. three million with the katano yeah <laughs> in japan <laughs> so now saying what i said earlier that this movie was absolutely stopped from being shown in other countries and it, it took like a decade to get to america what do you two think the box office was from the countries that did get to see it what do you think the box office was katie 20 million dollars <laughs> greg oh boy <laughs> 13 million i get where your head's at greg but it actually did all right but not as much as it should like i said if this came out whole hog it probably get triple digits, but it made $30.6 million. Hmm. Do a re-release. They absolutely should. But this movie took off when it got on DVD. I don't think Blu-rays weren't. Yeah, 2010 yeah. Blu-rays were around. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But DVD, I saw this. Uh, it was either on Netflix or we saw it on some app or we stole it or Terrell had a like a pirated copy of this. I remember seeing this like sitting down somewhere. I think it was for a time on Netflix. It had to have been, right? It couldn't have taken 10 years to get to. Well, I don't think it probably it took 10 years to get to America because you showed it to me in 2011 and were pissed at me that I hadn't seen it yet. <laughs> well, and that I had never heard of it. Well, 2010, it, it, I mean, it, like I said, it might have been farm fresh for us, but it looked like an older film. So it could have worked. It could have been kind of newish in 2010 if you saw it in 11. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But we when we watched it, I was like, this feels old. <laughs> maybe. The way you talked about it made it seem like I had been missing out for decades of watching this yeah. movie. Well, technically, we all did. <laughs> we missed for out. For one. Yeah. <laughs> and it looked old, too. I mean, yeah. You, I could have told like... me, you could have told me it was prior to 2000. I would have believed you. Yeah. It just felt like a way older movie that we just didn't catch on too yeah that's kind of weird so does anybody have anything else to say about battle royale uh we, we've touched on a lot of the uh media that's come out of this um also wanted to throw out there that there is um you talked about how it's just been such an inspiration to people there is a book called battle royale slam book essays mm -hmm. on the cult classic where it's basically a compilation of different uh uh writers of science fiction horror and thrillers who talk about their you know personal connection or their ins the inspiration that you know that they drew from this so that's definitely worth checking out in addition to the manga in addition to the manga of the lighthouse girls in addition to the novel itself the, the novel there's the original novel that has uh it has uh the two main protagonists at the front it has shiita rico at the front and now there's also a, a, a remastered version of the novel that kind of looks very manga-ish on the front. Oh, yeah. So there is a sequel to this. It is okay. I remember watching this. I want to say, I don't know if you were there, Greg, or not. I still haven't tried it. Okay. So Terrell and I for sure watched it because we were like, man, Battle Royale is great. And then we were like, there's a second one. <laughs> and we sat down. It's a little different. It's honestly... A little like the end stories from Hunger Games, where they're not just in a battle royale anymore, but they kind of are, but they're trying to fight the system. And 
the director, uh, Kenji Fukasaku, he passed away from, I want to say cancer, in 2003. So his son actually finished it. And his son actually did the screenplay for the first one. So everyone was like, oh, that's fine. Well, you came up with the, well, you guided the story along in the first one. You can do it again. So this was their idea. It's not like his son just kind of like, I'm going this route with it. This is kind of what they wanted to do. It didn't do as good as the first one. People enjoyed the the special effects because, yeah, fucking 13 years go by. Yeah, special effects got way better. But story-wise, it just, people said it, it didn't stick as hard as the first one. And honestly, sometimes sequels just don't do as good as the first movie. And this is one that just won't be as good. So, so with that, that is the end of this episode. So if you have any other cool fun facts about Battle Royales or Fortnite or whatever, doing that floss and dance, whatever, you can tweet us at AllentownPod. You have an email that is AllentownPresents at gmail.com. We have a Facebook app. AllentownPresents. So uh, this is the first choice in survival games, and we are going to hop around and do some other ones. I didn't realize that there were a lot of films with this type of genre uh, when Greg came up with the idea for it, but Dagnabbit, I've seen a fuck ton of them. I just brought up the Jean-Claude Van Damme did one, but that popped in my head as I was talking about this movie, but there's a really good handful, and very soon, I think next week, we are going to do one that was on my horror movie list, and so when Greg brought up the name, I was like, keep doing it, because uh, Identity was on my list for horror movies, so I'm excited for next week. So, like always, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another survival game movie. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. Wait, flossing dance? Why did you even bring that up? What? Fortnite. Uh, uh, oh, oh. <laughs> His face. Oh. oh.